but it's there. It's we're going. recording. I know it's red. Red, red. See, red means go. Red means go, or Red's, or you know they put it outside. Oh yeah, that, that's stu- right. It's like don't interrupt us. Don't, don't interrupt. interrupt. Don't fuck with us. No, nope. do not fuck with what we're doing, Colin. <laughs> this is he, important podcast. He doesn't business. give a shit. This is important podcast business happening here. He will interrupt. That, he will that do, he'll do whatever the fuck he wants. It's true. Hello, He's a monster. He's a monster. How are you, Ben? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Kyle? Good. I'm a little tired this morning, but I'm also a little tired. We're a little tired. We're a little tired podcast. Oh, jeez, <laughs> movies, 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 movies. We're like Pokemon. We'll just say one word over and over again. <laughs> movies, movies. Just our names. Yeah, I know. I I'm a little tired. We're all a little tired. I don't know why. I mean, we we did do trivia last night, but it wasn't. It wasn't like we were burning the midnight oil. You were burning the midnight oil a little bit. Yeah. Doing your podcast. I, I just, I, I mean, I've had some bad allergies lately. Oh, no. Um, there's a lot of things in the air. They'd gotten better than yesterday. They got worse for some reason. I don't really know why. I took some drugs. Maybe the drugs are making me a little drowsy. Maybe. But we're going to bring it here. We're going to bring it to you. Yes. We're going to bring you the content Always. you crave, the, the seven or eight of you that are listening right now. I don't know how many, but it's you, about that. That you crave <laughs> us just talking movies, doing movie shit, being movie guys, movie, um, you know, Siskel and Ebert, but better, uh, still alive. Ooh, that's pretty bad. That was a bad mm-hmm. joke. Mm-hmm. Um, although you never know, right? Maybe in a more uh, incorporeal form, they have... Uh, they're still doing takes. Maybe they are. Maybe thumbs Out there up in from some sort of a cinematic some. purgatory. <laughs> Giving those thumbs ups and, where they just uh, see one. Downs. They see one long Marvel movie just unspooling before them, uh, chained down like they're in the you know Plato's cave. Man, I don't know what uh, Ebert would have thought of all this. I don't know. Would he? Would he be kind of embittered like the Scorseses? I don't know. Like Scorsese calls them not cinema. I, I think. Well, we've talked about that. I don't yeah, know that yeah. Scorsese's embittered. He th- he seems to be doing fine. He he has. Although I mean, I don't know. I mean, I use that word because I'm embittered. Like, and so I. So you're I projecting. Want, I'm projecting. You're projecting onto Marty. <laughs> maybe maybe they'd be embittered. I don't know. I mean, I think that. Well, we're critics, right? I mean, we're as much critics as they are, as much critics as anyone, as much critics as you listening, right? I mean, yeah, we all have the ability to, and I think often the desire to criticize something, right? I mean, we we use movies. Movies are a common vector for this kind of conversation, right? Sure. But you can pick anything. Yeah. You can pick video games. I always wonder if, um, if there's a sort of critical discussion emerging around video games under my radar i don't know that there i don't know that we've seen someone reviewing video games who themselves has become i mean there's people on, who do things on youtube yeah. who become famous for playing video games yeah there's the, the and there, twitch, twitch world and there are plenty of video game reviewers i mean you can pull up a million reviews to a new video game but i don't know that anyone has emerged from that milieu to be sort of the scribe of that of that world they're also more difficult to review in a sense, uh, even more difficult than reviewing like a television show. Like television shows, you can either do episode to episode, and a lot of TV shows these days have long arcs. Uh, you know, either within seasons or within series, and so those are difficult to kind of like grasp. You know, movies are just kind of a direct. Here's two hours. You can kind of yes. assess it. Mo- video games uh, in their story sometimes take. Hours upon hours, you know, even the cut scenes alone, I think, in Red Dead Redemption 2 is like 26 hours. That's like, amazing. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's part of it. Although, I mean, you can get around that problem. I I think that this is interesting, right? I Well, video games also, but the other thing about video games is there's a there's a wide disparity, right? Video games covers a lot of different content, right? Oh, Mo- yeah. A much wider yeah. swath of content in some sense than movies or television shows, which have basically... You know, a movie could be an hour and a half long or three hours long or maybe in some extreme cases above or below that. But it's basically a narrative that lasts a certain amount of time. TV shows can have, you know, the same kind of variances. Yeah. Whereas a video game could be like Candy Crush is a video game, something you pick up for five minutes to kill some time while sure. you're waiting and for something. Or it can be your Red Dead Redemptions, your Zeldas, your 50, 100 sometimes hour plus mega um sort of uh experiences they can simulate a sport they can i mean there's so many different video games really have a much wider birth when you think about it than 
than everything else. I mean, that's part of why they're so popular, right? Because they they offer a lot of different people a lot of different points of entry, right, for entertainment. It's true. It's true. Well, we are talking about a movie that sort of is about modern technology, if not necessarily video games, about the, the last sure. phone that you really couldn't play many video games, on, although you could play a few. Uh, and that is the movie Blackberry. Blackberry. That's our, our uh, movie we, for the week. We chose that, uh, well, and, and I leaned towards that because I thought it was the more interesting uh, co- concept, or at least subject matter, because we had, I mean, Robert Rodriguez had a movie come out this weekend called Hip- Hypnotique. Hypnotic. Hypnotique, uh, his, his first French film. His first French. Um, got lambasted in reviews like you say lambasted or lambasted lambasted uh in reviews i think think lambasted (laughs) is the correct pronunciation but i i've heard people say lambasted which i think is funnier i'm gonna say lambasted uh i mean it got reamed i mean i think it's below 40 percent on rotten tomatoes Uh oh that's uh, rotten critic right that's that's not a that's not a fresh tomato another it's always sunny alum uh charlie day had a directorial debut also getting just plastered like uh, against like you know everybody has said it's not good uh, sorry for Charlie. fool's paradise and so blackberry had the better review kind of aggregate and i saw the trailer and i was curious about it it seemed like uh i, I suppose a poor man's social network uh in in, in a way or a canadian social network maybe well, they, are <laughs> they are poor they are poor up there <laughs> and they so got the loony they, they do saw some loonies and so I was curious about the movie. Uh, you know, I like Jay Baruchel. I like Glenn Howerton. Uh, the, the, the cast also had like Michael Ironside, Carrie Elwes. You know, I like these actors. So I was curious about what they had to say about it. And, and you know, I was familiar with the Blackberry almost, you, you know, I, I grew up during this time. I was very young, but I was less young. I had some Blackberries. You did. When I briefly. Oh. My dad, had real I think jobs. my dad had yeah, I, one. I bet your dad had one. I think he he tested out Palm Pilot as well. So all these like yeah, technologies yeah, these, these, that are being these mentioned things that were obliterated by the <laughs> iPhone, which is sort of one thing the movie engages with. Exactly. And so I was curious about you know the the story here, and I, I didn't really know about Mike Lazaridis. I didn't really know about uh, Ballsley, you know. And so ball silly, ball silly, uh, <laughs> which I like it at first in the beginning of the movie. He's like really corrective about you know clearly had been made fun of in his life about ball silly but there's a really cute little joke when he, when the nhl is calling him him they call him ball silly and he he accepts it because he's he's willing to sell out and go down i like little touches like that anyway my uh, i liked this movie uh, minus the nauseating docu style, I really didn't like the the handheld camera work. Often, uh, kind of made it was kind of made me sick every once in a while. Like, and I and I'm not even that responsive to those things. I actually don't uh, react heavily to you know. Uh, Katie has motion sickness. I don't, and so for me to feel a little eh, as though it was a little untethered. At times, a little uncontrolled. Um, I didn't necessarily like that choice, but I found the subject matter to be, while formulaic in this kind of, I mean, it's kind of like Michael Mann's The Insider. It's, it is like the social network without the kind of, uh, David Fincher polish, uh, you know, cinematic polish to it. So I like these kinds of movies. You know, I, Francis Ford Coppola's, um, I think he did Tucker with Jeff Bridges. And so I like these movies. They're interesting to me because these people are generally and are are beyond our scope, uh, you yeah. know, generally. And uh, their their ambitions, their their skill set, their ability to maneuver the corporate world is at times you know awe inspiring and then also terrifying you know in in all of its ways and i think the movie ventures this world quite effectively and i thought i i, I thought it was good like i i'm I, it's not like one that will change your life but i did enjoy the watch see, see i love this movie oh good so i'm 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 higher on this movie than you are I, it's funny because I'm usually more critical of handheld camera stuff, but it worked for me in this one. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I like the movie, 
Right? Sure. Maybe, maybe that's really the dividing line is whether yeah. you like the movie or not. Well, no, I liked it, but, but I, I don't know. There was just, uh, and it does utilize some good stop jokes. Like uh, there, there was one where Michael Ironside's like, I want you to be men, but not be uh, little boys playing with their penises. And the handheld camera work like lands on a girl in the office. Yeah. How awkward that is. It's what you say the office because it was a very the office style <laughs> joke. It, it was. was it was a very the office style sort of camera camera based joke, yeah, right? Where they yeah, there's the one woman and he's talking about playing with her penises. <laughs> Their little little boys play with their little penises. Uh, he he comes into the movie a bit like um, like Robert Duvall in Apocalypse Now, like a much larger, expanded version of him to just like chew up scenery and be crazy, which yeah. I thought was a real uh, a real funny touch. The like, corporate enforcer. Yeah, he, he literally comes in like 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 Robert Duvall meets like Kingpin from Spider Man, and just like it just starts like just 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 sort of walking around. I mean, the first scene he has in the in the research in motion, the BlackBerry office, is him just like standing behind everyone, just kind of looming over them like some sort of like angry god who's yes, just a, yeah. who's about to visit his wrath upon <laughs> upon them. I mean, he he is a feature of this movie. That again, it it's the the kind of comedy because it is a comedy that it leans into those moments to see how absurd and how, I mean, daunt like controlling these kinds of worlds are, and that they strip you of your identity and your personality. The kind of bureaucratization of corporation, and he is. I mean, he is a daunting figure. I mean, I'll it. give you a classic X meets Y pitch for this movie. This movie is the Social Network meets Uncut Gems. That's yeah, really, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. really what it's going for. And it's got that stylistic. It looks a little bit like Uncut Gems, right? It's got this kind of the way the colors are and the way it's a little the grain, the, yeah, yeah, the graininess of it. It's got. It's ultimately. Um, it's ultimately a kind of a. I mean, the engine of it is kind of a, a sort of um, quasi love triangle meets a kind of suspense sort of thriller situation. Yeah. So very, very, you know, well worn, but I think useful, and, and to and to interpose those over this tech story i think is really interesting right because it gives it gives the movie a lot of i, I found the movie to be very propulsive yeah right yeah which which i was not necessarily expecting right and which really for me made it like a very breezy two hours um but i really like this movie i thought that well so I, I mean i liked it for a couple reasons i liked it on its own terms and i liked it because you know, one thing that I found myself lamenting, and I kept on having to point to, the movie I kept pointing to is Ingrid Goes West. For a mm. movie like, I thought, mm-hmm. a mo- just a movie that I thought, you know, because I'm always interested in sort of these historical context and political and ideological thematic context and content, right? For movies that were trying to sort of capture what is going on today. And I don't even particularly love Ingrid Goes West, but I thought, like, here's a movie that tries to say something. Um, about like where we are and kind of how we got here, right? Yeah. And recently we've seen, although, I mean, you point to Social Network, Social Network, it like, you know, unsurprisingly from Fincher, right, is ahead of its time, right? It's a, it's a movie that is very early on in trying to sort of set the stage. You know, you have other movies that, that touch on the tech world. Um, the Jobs movie, which I liked you know, more, yeah, generally. More, more than most people. But it's more about the Jobs movie is less about this and more about kind of psychotic leaders, right? Yeah, That's what yeah. the Jobs movie is about. The Jobs movie has more in common with Dune than it does with <laughs> the Social Network, I think, because it's really yes, about like yeah. messianic leaders and kind of how they come to be and why. You know, I mean, the Steve Jobs character could have appeared in any era, right? I mean, yeah. and and so to me, but to me, the Social Network was kind of ahead of its time is trying to sort of start to lay the groundwork for why, you know, I'm not an alarmist, right? I don't think this is like the worst time ever. Like some people do. Some people are, although, I mean, we're going into what's going to be an, a nauseating presidential campaign in the United mm-hmm. States, but uh, I guess they got a new King in Canada. So they got a lot going on up there, but I'm not an alarmist in that sense. Okay, yeah, I yeah. do think there are specific problems, particularly around the environment and climate change, that are very bad and very big. But I, I don't, I don't like this attitude. Like this is the worst moment, but it is certainly a moment that is fucked up in specific ways to this time, different from other times. Sure, and I'm interested in people who are plumbing the depths of that and trying to look at it and say, how did we get here? 
what is the kind of uh, w- what what has brought us to this point where we have these specific kind of uh, issues? Yeah, right. Yeah, and we've seen this spate of movies that I think are really trying to get at that recently, and, and it makes me happy. Right, and of course they're looking to the history, right? Because that's where you really have to look. You have to sort of look at. You look backward to come back, right? You look backward to say, well, what happened then that helps us understand what happened now? You had the Banshees of Inishirin, which to me is like the deep history of the modern world, right? That's mm-hmm. like the birth of it, right? This idea of subjectivity and self-regard, wanting to be famous, wanting to have your your reputation endure, being sort of having this burgeoning uh, sense of a wider world that you want to make it in, right? Yeah, that is yeah. that is kind of big, but also abstract, right? It's very abstract, like out there. I could be famous. I could be somebody kind of out there in the world, mm-hmm. right? And there's a lot of movies that touch on like being somebody, but a, a lot of them are positive, right? A lot of them are like Rocky, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a movie about the very, very dark side of wanting to be famous or have some reputation or be some special person that's different and above everyone else right so you get that you get air right which is also which is about this this is very close with yes yes this and air are great companion pieces because they're both about um products and the role that products play in our our identity right because one of the big turning points for BlackBerry comes when they realize we need to turn this into a status symbol. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not about it's not about you know, and 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 that's why when um, the main character, what's his name, Le- Leonidas, uh, uh, Mike, Mike Leonidas, uh, Le- yeah, Leonidas. Yeah. I, I messed it up. I messed it up in your brain. You had it before. <laughs> I did. I mean, he thinks is what's important. He keeps on reporting. Well, this is the best phone. They get to work on the best phone. This is the best phone. That's what he believes. And of course, you know. uh, Balsley realizes that that just doesn't matter. Lazaridis. <laughs> I was. I was. I, I confused him with a guy from uh, King Leonidas from uh, three hundred. <laughs> Leonidas. Yeah. Uh, and it's like you know, it's the difference. Like it's very hard to see around multiple corners, right? Yeah, Lazarus saw around one corner. Yes, yeah. right. He couldn't see around the next corner. No, he couldn't. And I remember this stuff very vividly because I was my my height of my career, such as it was, was around two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Right when this was all happening, when the BlackBerry was still dominant. I mean, it was still the phone of choice yeah. in the kind of business world. But the iPhone was there, lurking on the horizon, and people were asking the very same questions that get asked in this movie: like, is that really a business device? Is it really going to work that well without the physical keyboard? It all seems very anachronistic now because yes, because yeah. the iphone kind of blots out this everything is an iphone now android phones they're all just copies of what Copy the iphone of yep. i mean 100%. The, iPhone, the iphone is the revolutionary piece of technology and what's interesting is there really hasn't been one since no. like the difference between the the blackberry and the iphone is larger than the difference between the iphone 1 and the iphone 14 or whatever iteration we're on yeah like the, that's how revolutionary a technology that was right yeah. that it, it hasn't really it has not been eclipsed in any meaningful sense no, right definitely not which also speaks to the weird kind of punctuated equilibrium nature of these technologies like you have these huge moments and then you have like this long tail of it where you're like yeah what like what is beyond the iphone who knows right we don't we, we don't we necessarily got, know i yeah. mean the attempts to do it like google glass have fallen you know hugely flat yeah. right yep so so i think that this movie sort of hooks in at this at a specific product at a specific moment and takes us from kind of the first cell phone era to the current cell phone era now in ways in some ways in terms of the significance this is an easier sell than air because air is about something more abstract yes i don't think anyone really doubts the impact of smartphones on our lives no i think that's pretty um to say that smartphones have rewired society in our brains is kind of is a very pat point oh yeah but I still think this movie does a, a very good job of focusing in on this very specific, important historical moment and the people involved in that and what they did and didn't get, right? Yeah. And I do think in particularly that, that, that quality of having a guy who is like visionary at one moment and then ludicrous at the next is very – that's an important character in the tech world that we don't think about. Like a lot of, yeah. a lot of the story in tech is about either dogs that don't bark or – 
people who don't see what they have in one way or the other or think they have something, but they don't. Right? Yeah. Like yes, at one yes, moment yes. he had the biggest thing, and at the next moment he thought it was about like a tactile click. Like that that shit was true. Like they really thought, oh, it's the physical tactile click of the keyboard. That's why people love it. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's and we all see what, saw what came of that. It's absurd in in the long run, but I did like that they've weaved this almost. <laughs> Shakespearean inevitability to Lazaridis and like that he is able to see the future in this particular way and it, it's it's an important thing to have like he he saw through and and saw the problem solving elements around you know because they they have this meeting with Verizon saw Rubenstein's character is like another great there's a lot of great like little parts in this movie oh, I always yeah, like that when character parts. actors get to come in and have like just a couple moments yes. right where they get to really shine and they do and they take advantage of it and they they do really well and and i like that scene because like it, it, basically they're having this conversation with uh glenn howerton as balsley and he he's essentially explaining to them because he's been left alone and they're like you're not a tech guy like we've already tried this and then lazaridis shows up and is like i've i've seen through the trees like you know it's this like revolutionary kind of moment like he's the one who saw the possibility and saw the kind of workaround and it it is ironic that once the iphone starts coming around like he when it's introduced he 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 can't do it again like he's so wrapped up in his own either ego his own sense of success that he he cannot necessarily now see the forest through the trees again, and it, and I liked that they've weaved that like kind of naturally into the narrative, um, because these are the because these kind of larger characters have larger drama at their disposal, and so it, it it's not only about the the subject matter that you've brought up, and because I think it's very important, it is about assessing our modern age. It is about going to the past and seeing kind of the the marks of history that have led us to this moment to engage in a question, but it is also about engaging us in the drama and these characters. And I actually surprisingly found all of these characters, even the villainous Bosley, captivating and engaging. Oh yeah. oh yeah, one of the best things about this movie is nobody comes off particularly well. No, I There's agree. No, this is not a movie of heroes and villains. No. Right? Nobody comes off particularly well, right? Um, and I like that. Yes. I think that that's also quite accurate. Right? I, I agree. I think, that, I think this is probably as one of the closer representations of how what this shit is actually like and who these people actually are, which is they're all kind of unpleasant in their own oh, way. Oh, very much. Very right? much. Because the tech guys are unpleasant because they think they're better than everyone else. Yep. The fun guys are unpleasant because they just seem like they will just want to play grab ass. Yep. Right? And the, the business guys are unpleasant for kind of the obvious reasons, right? Yeah. But are more sympathetic, right? Because they get a lot right. Like at the end of the day, I mean, what's what's great uh, about it is that Balsley is the one who realizes, who sees the shift. He does. He sees the yeah. shift that it's going to be, it's not going to be about phone, it's going to be about data, right? And that's what the iPhone really har- is the harbinger of. And in some ways, it's just the culmination of what the BlackBerry was. It's not about making phone calls. Making phone calls is like the... Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's secondary that's a, it's nature. It's not a phone, right? It isn't. It's a computer that happens to have a phone app exactly. on it. Exactly. Right? So it's not going to be about like, oh, 300 minutes, 500 minutes. Nobody cares about that. Nobody even has minutes anymore. Nobody gives a shit, right? Uh, it's about data. And it's about the ability to, for your phone to be and and what's funny is there's a great moment where he says like well there's you know they're having this issue with network load right it's like well they'll never rebuild the network for us i mean how many times have they rebuilt the wireless network now i mean there's 3g 4g 5g lte like when you travel (laughs) internationally you see this list of all the bands and there's like 30 bands they've created of increasing frequency and data load right and now they're building you know because because the higher data bandwidths have like you know, you know the way the way wireless data works is the more data, the the shorter it can go, right? Because yeah. the, the yeah. bandwidth is is tighter, right? So that instead of building the big towers, they're building all these like small towers or receivers. That's the way it is in some places like Korea, where they have higher, you know, they have more, and eventually it'll all be wireless, right? It'll all be internet in the air. They'll stop dropping wires in the ground, and it'll all just be little nodes, right? Millions of little nodes blanketing the world. 
that can triangulate on you and send you data. <laughs> I like in the movie that they, they talk about the towers and that, the, well, they're not our towers. And they're like, who cares if they're your towers? Yeah. Ha- hack into them. Yeah, move yeah. fast, break stuff, right? Yeah, That's, it, exactly. You, you get that sort of t- the tech mindset creeping through, which is just innovate, innovate, innovate. Yes. You got to innovate, right? Who it, cares? Yeah, exactly. Well, and I like that it's depiction of that innovate, that, that propulsion just of the business world and also of the tech world to kind of push forward. And they're, they're in unison here. We have Balsley, who's this business, like he's a, a, you know, he's his ambition and his drive to want to be in control or to have a stake in a business is moving things forward in, in, uh, in regards or a lack of regards to legality and just pushing it forward. But it complements the tech world as well. Like Lazaridis and his ambition is to generate and move forward. And I like that they, they are, they're, they're both unpleasant in their own ways that, but they complement each other in the, the direction drive that's kind of needed in order for something like this, something that's revolutionary, technologically speaking or business wise to come of to, to be created. And I like that, they they don't they're not going out of their way although my audience did sort of lock into their minds uh that Bosley's villain Doug hero like that that's how they thought of themselves you, you, you always go with more active audiences i like I to go with nobody i know i didn't, Although, I mean, I there, didn't were, there were a decent number of people in the theater even though it was a I did like not a Monday intend for this. but um clearly they were like Bosley's a villain and yet i walked away with a very complex feeling about Bosley. i think it's a great character oh great glenn howerton's incredible in it um, i think it's a great character and and, and i think the performances are really I, I really Across love the board good. Yeah. I really love the performances. Like like the moment there's just like little acting moments that I thought were so well done. Like the guy who plays Lazaridis, when they're about to take the first meeting with Balsley, he has this moment where he's so nervous, he's so nervous, and then he starts to fix the intercom. And you can just see like just this moment where his head turns and there's just a there's a snap change in him. It's like I feel good now because I can work on this thing. Uh-huh. I'm an engineer and I like to fix things. Yes, yeah. Right? Um, and it's just that, like that little moment, you can see the light bulb go off, and you're like, "That's good. That's good acting, right there." And what? And what? Uh, so so subtle, but so important. And also, what and establishes dry, who the character is. Who the character is. What he what he obsesses about. What he's concerned about. He is concerned about having a good, great product. Every time that uh, Balsley is like, "We need to cut corners. We need to just. We need to fake it." He's like, "I can't do that. I need to do it right. I need to constantly do it right until his character." compromises later on and and you see how far he's he's gone from himself which is which is fascinating i mean that 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 is i mean your your heart breaks for that moment but you're also sort of you find it also repugnant like you know because that's what this world does to people but also and i mean i think i think this movie and the social network actually make really good companion pieces i think that's a great double feature and you get uh, that final scene, which is definitely intentionally or unintentionally a nod to the final scene in social oh, network yes, with him fixing yeah. the phones, just like Mark Zuckerberg refreshing the Facebook to see yes, if the girl yeah. accepts his friend request, right? Just that moment of like feeling this person is very alone with the very problematic thing that they have brought into the world, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Of course, the difference being that Facebook would grow to you know blot out the sun right, and that would be the end for blot. That yeah. I remember that device coming out because that was right when. Uh, I had to choose a device for one of my jobs, and I chose. Actually, I had, the last BlackBerry I had was the one with the trackpad, which was incidentally a nice upgrade over the trackball. But because the trackball would get gunked up uh-huh. and become hard to yes, use, yes, yes. So the trackpad was a nice innovation. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I, <laughs> I uh, also yeah, for the first few years, you could only get an iPhone on the one network. So that, uh-huh. that was the one limitation. This was before the. Uh, the wild west days where you could just use anything on anything for sure for sure well and it's funny to going back to someone like balsley because glenn howerton is really is channeling his dennis reynolds rage into a different kind of interpretation like it's not it's not shades of something you have not necessarily seen before uh but uh have not that, that he basically does this on it's always sunny but it's it's in the world that he's operating in that kind of recontextualizes that rage and that narcissism that he does incredibly well. 
But the character I found incredibly complex, and I think the movie has a complex relationship with that character too, because here's somebody who comes in and it's in bulldozing his way and his control and his understanding. He's going to whip these guys into shape as he comes in, but he's also he also puts his money where his mouth is. Like he he mortgages his house in order to pay the everybody because they they're one point six million dollars in debt at that point, and th- that's what was so fascinating to me as as the end of the movie is coming they're they're everyone's like kind of booing at this idea that um he did not necessarily go to jail or face any jail time oh, that's why people booed at that card that's they booed funny. but then they also cheered about doug being one doug freeberg being one of the secret richest men in the world because he sold in 2007 at the peak of their stock options and so it it, it see i like that they made that character kind of annoying and unlikable because yeah. it'd be very easy i mean it's not that he's un- i mean i think he's i think they're all three of them are quite ambiguous oh i, I agree right yeah. i think that they're all you know, they're all, like I said, I don't think any, either of them come off particularly well. I agree. Or particularly poorly, right? I think that they are very fully realized, interesting interpretations of these three archetypes. Yeah, absolutely. Because, like, Balsley is operating in what what is clearly alluded to as drastic insecurity. That he he has been left behind in the business world quite often and that he he has kind of tried to strong arm his way into positions that's how you're introduced to the characters he's like trying to and and the fact that he is actually incredibly smart and quick on the draw that he's able to read a report uh, that some guy is going to give and is able to about tax about the tax evasion or tax splitting from canada into europe and he's able to read a report real quick a copy of the report and and take over that meeting and that guy's ability because he understands things quite quickly. And you see that as he engages in these worlds that he picks up on things really quickly. Oh yeah. And so, and so there's something admirable about this character, but it's how he behaves, what he does that makes him a complex figure. And I understand this kind of character. I like respect this kind of character oddly, but I almost also terrified of this kind of. But character. also in Silicon Valley, the character is more sympathetic because they're more honest. There right? you go. Yeah. In the Silicon Valley world, the Gordon Gecko style business guy is a more sympathetic character because he's more honest about what is actually going on, yeah. right? Because what we have with the other two characters are the two versions of the sort of techno optimist, the one who thinks that the technology is actually great and revolutionary and going to change the world for the better which it clearly didn't it clearly made the world worse and more unpleasant (laughs) and the guy who just thinks that work should be fun and there should be this complete bleeding together of like work and life so work is in some sense all you do but it's fun and you love it yeah you get to hang out with your boys yeah right and both of those things are kind of in their own way gross or at least unpleasant and they are tended to obfuscate what is true which is that we're here to make money yeah right we're here to make money to create products that people get a addicted to so we can make bank right and the honesty of that is more appealing in that context right that it is on, in wall street right where that guy just that's the only kind of guy there is and it's just a bunch of them like that's a funny joke when he says you got a glengarry glenn ross him because he is that guy yeah it's like you're gonna yeah. try to glengarry glenn ross the glengarry glenn ross guy but he's unique in silicon valley right or at least i won't say unique but he is um you're constantly at odds with these people who have more techno utopian visions yeah. of what either work is or what the project is, the kind of thing they're making, the product they're making. So that in that context, the business guy gets more refreshing. Yes. Right. Yeah. And it's funny, right? Cause there's the other archetype, which they do not have and who looms over this movie, right? Is Steve jobs. Mm-hmm. Cause what they mm-hmm. don't have and the guy who's ultimately considered to be the greatest success in all of this is the Svengali. Yeah. Right, and that's what they don't have. Yeah, Lazarides abs- has has con- concept and he has vision, but he is not the personality. Like he can't. Yes. He, he's split no, from no. That. He, no, he's the Steve Wozniak, right? He's the tech guy. He's yeah. the engineer. Yep. And he tries to become something more than that, and that's where he fails. That's his tragic story. Is that he tries to become kind of more of a leader, but he doesn't have it. He right. Doesn't. 
So you have the fun guy you, you, together. Actually, Wozniak kind of the two of them together are like one technic guy. They're, yeah. they're fun. They're obsessed with the work. They're obsessed with the product. They think it's a good thing. They think they're doing something great and it's going to be like a fun. It's like we're going to save the world, but it's also going to be like summer camp. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. that's how they see it. Right. And then you got the numbers guys and the business guys and those guys are there right now as always. But they don't have. And that's because, the guru. and that's yeah, because that's because those guys are few and far between. Yeah, but it still is is very funny to me that of all the people that come out of that world, Jobs is considered to be the great the great visionary. Yeah, and in some sense, I guess he was right. I mean, I I, I you know I I always think the canonization of people like him is is particularly hilarious and sort of off putting. Sure, but he clearly got something right. Yeah. I mean, I mean. He clearly understood something, right? Yeah. That other people didn't. And that's the guy that they don't have. Yeah, it's true. And the absence of that sort of hangs over the movie ultimately. Yeah, I mean that that is a point to that that really comes home when you, when they are all witnessing this this um reveal of the iPhone and and that Steve Jobs and and our knowledge, I mean it 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 allows us to fill in the gaps here. Like we we know in that what what is being introduced then that we didn't necessarily know now. There there were a lot of questions as to whether this was going to pave the way for the future or if it was going to work the way they thought. Lazaridis thought it was because how he conceptualized it and how he his limitation of what how he imagined the of minutes and yeah. towers and all of that. He can't conceptualize beyond it, but we can because we're here. Well, we're yes, here we in that know. world. We, we know that there's that's a very that's a very ironic moment, right? Yeah. But what's what's so funny about it though is that what Lazaridis is banking on is that nobody is as smart as him because he was able to solve the problem in a previous generation. Yeah. And he thinks they won't be able to solve the problem. It's it and how quickly Which is kind of the ultimate hubris, right? Is he yeah. he literally thinks that he's the only one who could have ever made that kind of a leap. Yes. Yeah. He, and that yeah, I mean that is his ultimate character flaw in the in the end and what leads him down a path of loneliness. I mean he basically betrays everyone in his path like he sells Bosley down the down the river, um, you know, ultimately to no consequence for the SEC. But he also he he he, but uh, you know he he alienates his relationship with Doug, and it is I think the biggest irony is someone like Doug, ultimately becoming quietly one of the richest men in the world because without Lazaridis and without Bosley, Doug Doug is in the poorhouse. Like he's taken advantage of for. You know, he he assumed the deal was that they were going to get sixteen million dollars, like they, they and they were riding high and having movie nights and one point uh, six million. I was well, oh, yeah, one point six million. You know, they, that they were they had this deal. You know, with robotics. Oh no, and, that's true. That's true. The, the deal was for like fifteen or sixteen yeah, 15, million. They were 16 they were one point six in the hole. In the hole, yeah. And so there is this assumption, like he he just sees the world and again and. In that kind of tech utopia, and that things uh, people are at their word, while um, Balsley sees the world in all of its honesty, and Lazaridis sees the world in all of its uh, you know tech ambition, and Doug has none of it, and but he ends up coming out on top, uh, you know, and I think that's the biggest irony of but, it. But that, but what the reason that he does is because he's ultimately, and the movie doesn't even make this explicit, but it's clear, right? He's the ultimate realist, right? Because he's yeah. just like. He just says, "Well, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get well. The getting's good, sure, right? Yeah. He sells at the top of the market, right, for his company. Not, not a lot of us can see that moment either. You yeah. know, yeah, you yeah, know, you to, people just think it's gonna keep going up and up and up and up and up. Yeah, when when you're engaged in it, obviously, yeah. Because, but you know, if you're ever engaged in sort of an investment or in the stock market, things will come down. Like it, it is. You know, that's that's why it's you don't put your all your eggs in one basket. You know, that's." That's just the advice that they give. Diversify that portfolio, Ben. Yeah, divers- you gotta diversify your bonds. Right? <laughs> Call Wu Tang Financial. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's interesting though, right? Because it's just, it's such a it's such an insane, tragic flaw when you think about it. To think that like it's going to stop, right? Like the wheel's going to stop on you. Yeah, yeah. Right, but I do think that. That is one, I do think that gets at something core that is different between, say, 2008 and today. 
is that I think that there was some, I think the way we feel now is that this thing will never slow down, mm. right? That, that it will just roll and roll and like, like whatever it takes to like get us more phones, more bandwidth, whatever, that's just going to keep happening and happening and happening. And more people are going to get connected via these devices. Yeah. Yeah. Even people in relatively like poor countries now are getting connected via these devices. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't think that was clear. I don't think it was clear in 2007 quite yet just how ubiquitous like the smartphone would be. Yeah. And so this idea that maybe it's just for like a select few people who really want to be connected all the time because they're like white collar business people who always need to be sending and receiving emails. Yeah, right? I mean, it is like the I don't, perpetual I, work. I think, I think that that was, well, yeah, that's exactly right. We're all that now, which is yeah. what's fucked up, right? Yeah. We're all always connected in ways that aren't even, I mean, it's not necessary for anyone, but I can get work messages while I'm not even working. At yeah. This and I mean, it's, it's not, it's not like, you know, it's not like you're a C-suite executive, right? Yeah. Nor I, no. right? So, I think I think it's interesting to think about this moment where the demand for this, like what 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 Lazaridis doesn't see, is that the demand for this is going to be so great that it's not going to that the pre, that the infrastructure that he sees in two thousand seven just couldn't matter any less. Yeah, that yeah. like like the way will be cleared to create whatever infrastructure needs to be created so that everyone can carry one of these fucking things around. Mm-hmm. He doesn't see that. No. Because they're talking about numbers like 500,000 versus 1 million. Like how many smartphones are there in the world now? It's it's billions. Billions, yeah. It's billions, yeah. right? Yeah. All sucking data up through the air. <laughs> right? It's a good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their their scope, their their operate he was operating in a sense of limitation. He even so was we're talking skeptical. several orders of magnitude more over the course oh, of yeah. over the course of a decade yeah. and and change. I mean, so he didn't see that. He didn't like see Like I said, you see around one corner but not the other. Well, right? he, and well and even he didn't even see around some of the corners that they were even operating in to problem solve. Like it was it, it, they were basically put in a position to expand their operating abilities to, to make the towers fracture more of the minutes and to share the 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 loading process for all these phones and but but in Balsley was almost like pushing it to be like no we need to sell more and more because yeah, yeah. we're going to have a corporate takeover like they, they this was and this is like one of the moments where you see the good and the bad of it you almost want to be in Balsley's corner because Carrie Owis's uh, Stankowski's character is even worse than he is, yeah, yeah. and he's he's like, oh, no, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna buy you guys yeah, I'm out. Gonna, I'm just gonna, yeah, I don't give a shit about you. I don't give a shit about you. Palm Pilot's gonna buy you out. We want to merge, but uh, if you're not gonna give it to me, we're gonna a hostile takeover. But it is business. also funny to think of a world where that company was like a behemoth, right? I know. I, I mean, it's. It's so many. It's so many iterations before. I know, right? but even then, Balsali still sees this as being like a niche. Lo- I mean, this is what. Like again, this is true. In the mid two thousands, BlackBerry was like a niche luxury product. For I wouldn't say what luxury, right? Because it wasn't like a Rolex, but it was. It was definitely something cool, but special for people who really wanted. Um, to be able to send emails like the, the stat- from the palm of their you hand, said right? status symbol and there there is that montage where they're all their salesmen are in like country clubs and like l- laughing obnoxiously at their phone as though they've gotten the yeah, best yeah, joke 2006, ever 2000 was like oh man you're gonna get, you're gonna go do a job and you're gonna get a blackberry like that's pretty cool crackberry but it was but it wasn't like I, I, don't, I don't know that i knew anyone it wasn't something that you would have if you were just like a random person no just like a college student or something. Yeah. Whereas now, yeah, like I said, nobody had nobody doesn't have a smartphone. You meet you someone know. you meet someone who doesn't have a smartphone, it's like it's like meeting someone who uses a sundial. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's, it's, it's at that level. Yeah. I mean it's interesting to like look back at that time of my life. My dad was very much like in, interested and engaged in the new technologies that were coming out. I think he had a BlackBerry, but I don't think he even could have predicted. Not a lot of people did, but like wh- how that device would then evolve, expand yeah. into the presence of our lives. But he was always like, I, I mean, when the i iPod came out, like he he got me an iPod. Oh yeah, and no, that, that was like a like an interesting little device. Yeah, and the idea that those two would 
then become yep. one and merge together. I mean that that yeah. nobody nobody. I mean, other than Steve Jobs, really, and and whatever that team was, it, it is fascinating to see how how niche of an idea that was that that we just take for granted at, during our time. Yeah, well, but the, the original iPod is actually is is a great antecedent, right? Because that was the thing that everyone wanted. Yes. That was the Walkman, right? Yeah. Everyone wanted one of those iPods, yeah. and a lot of people had them, like including younger people, right? Because oh, that was what was yep. cool. Yes, right. It wasn't a smartphone. Right, that was some weird niche shit. You had a dumb phone, but you really wanted an iPod because yeah. that let you carry around all your fucking music in your pocket, right? Yeah. And that was awesome. So yes, the iPod was the general consumer technology, right? And really, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's the insight is just to merge them, right? So like, we'll give you one that you know one ring to rule them all or whatever. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah the idea that that would be like a democratized like uh, a widespread uh, form of technology was not no, that it was does not have, was not out there that no. was not yeah like you said it but that's it that's that's the corner that jobs saw around i guess yeah or that his people saw around whatever yeah you know? I mean, yeah it could have could have been him it could have been his people but they they the fact that they had created the ipod and it was such a it, it, it the populace wanted it everybody wanted it you know it, it it was it was a true i mean this exists because of that like yes. podcast this is the reason called podcast yes. right yeah yeah right. this exists because of that 100 yeah. percent. it's pretty pretty fascinating i mean yeah. it's pretty fascinating to look at pieces of this history and and obviously this is one that's going to be uh i'm glad they did it because uh, who who knows black like blackberry amongst people like young the younger generation today that that blackberry is 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 a relic it's it it almost doesn't exist to them like it's it's like uh, something you hear about maybe but nobody because nobody talks about it nobody, yeah, nobody really talks you know it. we forget about john the baptist right it's always just jesus right? <laughs> it's always just jesus yeah 100 yeah, we forget about you know there's yeah i mean we forget about away. the prophets we always remember the the messiahs yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and that that really does i you know the messiah messianic um figure of jobs i it does loom heavy over this film like as you said and it it puts into a lot of perspective what what they were missing and all the pieces that were missing um, with this company alone, who was on the verge of revolution in their own way, but then loses it. I think that's a it's, that that is great drama. It's funny. I'm just thinking about um, the New York Times just wrote, ran a long feature about Elizabeth Holmes, uh, the Theranos woman who's about to go to prison. Uh huh. Yes. Uh, rebranding herself as Liz. But uh, one funny detail that is she would wear black turtlenecks because of jobs. Yeah. And apparently it worked. Apparently it worked. Or at least for a while, people really believed in her. She, she, she's come out because they're, they're making some series. and. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's, there's something in development. Yeah, know? I think Amanda Seyfried has like, played her already or there's something coming out. And she's made a comment that that she, she wants to sue them because that was a character she created and they don't have her permission to do that character. <laughs> I don't. I, yeah, she 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 said it is a character I created. Whether she plans to see it, good luck. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, good luck with that. Um, but yeah, I mean that that's that is though. It's funny, right? Because we're we're sort of, you know, I talk about the iPhone, right? How it's kind of it, it has not been superseded. Not clear how it will be superseded. I mean, everything is eventually superseded. Sure, but we've been with this style of device. Like I said, more or less unchanged, right? I mean, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Screens are bigger and nicer. The cameras are better. They're faster. They can do more complex software operations. But they're, I mean, the fundamental architecture has not changed. No. Right? It's a big no. screen, and it's got a bunch of apps on it, and it can do kind of everything you want it to do. They're going to put technologies in your head or your Yeah, hand. yeah, yeah. Is it going to be, a gla- like I said, the glasses thing failed. Yeah. Um, I guess we've gotten wearables. The watch has been somewhat successful, but that sure. the watch even is uh, it's just an ancillary piece to the phone, right? It just connects to the phone and can do some extra things. Yeah. Uh, so that's been a bit of an innovation. I wouldn't exactly call it the same sort of revolutionary thing that the iPhone was. But it, when you think about something like Theranos, right, what becomes clear is that we're really trying to squeeze the last toothpaste out of this particular tube. Yeah. Right? We're at this point where... People are hungry for something big, and what we get is a lot of, um, a lot of fake it till you make it stuff. Sure, you know, a lot of, and I mean that is the Silicon Valley way, right? It, when he says, "Get me a prototype," I mean that's the way it works. Like we just need, 
you know what what's what do they call it uh with the software like the the minimum functional prototype or something they got a term for mm-hmm. it but it's basically like what do you need you need something you can show people right and it it only needs to barely work it's a proof of concept thing that's what matters that's what gets you the money and you keep faking it until you make it you keep telling people you're it's just about to happen I mean, there's a good reason to think that this woman, the Theranos woman, believed that the, maybe the machine would eventually work. I'm not sure that she didn't, right? Yeah, I think, yeah. that, oh, we're just just a one more round of funding, right? Sure. And it'll it'll happen. Like, we can't do it yet, but, you know, this is a big deal, and we'll yeah. get there eventually, right? Just one more, you know, it's a great idea, just one more round of funding, right? And we'll, we'll make it all happen. Yeah. Just one more great, if we can just get that one more developer, that one more person, hire them off with a shitload of money, and we'll be there, yeah. right? So, so, so that sort of consciousness abides as I think it has always abided in that world. And we know the successes, and there are many, many, many more failures than successes. I mean, these angel investors, they invest in 100 companies with the hope that one of them will hit, right? We don't know about those 99. Yeah. We really don't. I mean, we know about Theranos because it was so huge and so catastrophic, and the promise was so large that it got a lot of attention, right? Because yeah. if, it, if they had been able to do what they said they could do, like take one drop of blood and do all the things that they claimed they'd be able to do with it, it would be a huge advance. It would be, it would be a, absolutely an enormous step forward, right? A quantum leap forward forward um of course they couldn't do it right Mm -hmm. of course maybe it can't be done maybe it's physically impossible but we really are we're so hungry for it right we're so hungry for it and we're at a point where we live with the ghosts of these people now who got there first right who did see around at least one corner before everyone else and now they kind of they do kind of blot out the sun. Mm-hmm. I mean, who is Jeff Bezos? He's the guy who set up the first general store online. Yeah. And he really also understood the importance of building internet uh, infrastructure, right? Amazon yep. Web Services oh, yeah. is really how he made his fortune. Very much. So uh, you've got all the PayPal guys who just, you know, like like Teal and Musk, who've just become the absolute cancers, right? Um, <laughs> but Musk, also a classic example, not yeah. so different from Lazaridis, really. No. Somebody who saw something, maybe saw several things, right? I mean, I think... I think there is something visionary um, in figuring out that uh, the the demand for something like Tesla or SpaceX. Like I, I I don't take that away from the man, but now he's just become this this absolutely insufferable internet troll. Yeah, right. Who you know, you're right about one thing, you think you're right about a lot of other things, yeah. and especially when the the thing you were right about put like so much money in your pocket, right? That you really do kind of bestride the world like some like one of the titans of old, right? Yeah you you see where that goes but in the meantime all the rest of us are just looking around sort of waiting right yeah wait wait and it's just interesting to me how we keep on like like rats in an experiment you know we keep on hitting the button for the pellet and the pellet is like uh, some great person who will give us this great innovation right that will change our lives we keep we keep smacking our head against that door and i i don't think the pe- i don't know where the pellet's coming from but i don't think it's coming from where we think it's coming from yeah i you know it's it's interesting to even think about it because i i clearly am one of the people waiting i am i've never remotely thought about in a tech form nor in a conceptual form what the future might hold and to fulfill a need you know because I, that's just not how my brain works. You know, I'm, I'm part of what is the normalcy of our world is that we wait for these things to fill our demands, fill our needs when we didn't even know we, we yeah. needed that. Yeah. We're like, we're like, we're like look, waiting for ancient pagan gods to <laughs> throw mana down on for us. For sure. Uh, well, and then the iPod, it was one of those things. And so you think about it in that way. You have a phone, you have a music device. And really it was kind of like blending those two together. That, that's kind of the inciting incident. The, the the populist demand plus the niche kind of uh, high status symbol they can be for both like they they bridge them together what's the next thing what's the next need that people require in their lives that will be a part of either this device mirroring to this device marrying to this device or making this device obsolete is is it these kind of technologies like uh, for our minds for our hands you know uh, make, making it uh, not an actual physical device but something that is just kind of impu- you know programmed and you can impute you know uh, put it into your into your just just general assessment in life uh, operating in that way or is it about 
enhancing this so that it can deliver things like i'm like imagining could, could you have a like a carryable device that maybe 3d prints exactly what you want out of your you know yeah. on your phone in that kind of way where it's like an immediate yeah. satisfaction you know no, based I, off of the i think phone. The three, i think you're right about 3d printing i think uh you know I think yes, the ability to like fabricate custom things easily, yeah. uh, you know, like like to, to do a scan of your body and you have a three D printer in your house that can just fabricate you clothing. Sure, I, th- I think that's yeah, I think that's out there. I mean, then th- now we're in robotics, a, well, and maybe, like maybe we'd be leaning into you know well, the replicators, you know, in Star Trek. Maybe that, that that's the direction three D printing can maybe take us and go, and that would be a great thing because then you know, although you know, cynics out there would probably say they'd profit off of the the replicators rather than it being an actual delivery service. Like in Star Trek, it creates a utopia because it eliminates scarcity, eliminates well, no, a but, lot of ideas. But I mean, but I mean the, the tech people are our last utopians. Sure. Oh, yeah. Because they do think they can create that. Yeah. I think a lot of them are earnestly driving at it. I really do. Yeah. Like, I don't think... Um, I, I, I don't take the position, right... That these people are cynically profiteering off of this? No, 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 no. I, I think that's no. A, I think it's. it's a, I think it's, it's way worse. I think they they are true believers. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. And those are the people. That's and that's why. I mean, doesn't ball, Teal doesn't Teal have like an island like a, that run by robots or something? Peter like? Teal thinks he can live forever. <laughs> Peter Teal thinks he can live forever. Yeah. These guys, uh, him, Kurzweil, Musk, they want to live forever for sure. There's no more utopian vision than that, right? That we could get rid of death. I mean, that's the ultimate utopian yeah. vision. Yes, yeah. Right now, what you think about that is a different question, mm-hmm. right? But I don't think that they are cynical, right? Mm-hmm. That's but that's why that's what makes Balsley and people like him more sympathetic characters because they seem to still be in touch with reality. Yeah. Yeah. Right, they still seem to be in touch with reality and what's actually going on, which is that this is about people trying to get paid. Mm-hmm. It's just about people trying to make money. Yeah. That's what this is about. That's what's really happening here. And the more you dr- and and what you get, right? We've talked about this in the context of artificial intelligence. What you get now is you get people who want to tell you that every last thing they come up with, whether it's crypto or AI or whatever, is the next big thing. Yeah, yeah, and. Some of the people who are telling you that are telling you that because they really believe it. And the reasons they believe it have a lot to do with their own egos. Yeah. yeah. Right? Have a lot to do with their belief that they have created a thing that is like this. This is it. This is the thing. This changes everything. And sometimes they talk about it in terms of possibility. And sometimes they talk about it in terms of fear. But it's all the same. Right? I mean, there there was a great piece in Logic, uh, which is a good journal by Moira Weigel, just one of the editors years ago, that when I was thinking about this stuff, I had a job where I had to think about tech stuff and write about it. And she wrote about AI and automation in the workplace. And she said something really smart. I mean, the thesis of her piece is basically this. They can't automate the things that they say they're going to automate yet. yeah. Because if they could, they would. Mm -hmm. They would do it. There's no question. So what is talk about automation really in the workplace? It's a device to discipline labor, right? Because what it says is like, it's coming. It's coming. So you better play nice because otherwise we're just going to get rid of you. Sure. But, you know, if they could get rid of you, they get rid of you, right? So mm-hmm. so, so, what are we really worried about, right? If they can do it for money, they're going to do it. And so if they're not doing it right now, that means they can't do it. And whatever they say they can do is entirely speculative, right? Sure. Yes. Until they can do it, right? Obviously, we can we can try to project forward with some degree of success. And I do think that on some time horizon, a lot of things that are done by people will get automated. Yeah. But nobody knows what that time horizon is. And I think it's a lot longer than some people think it I, is. I, yeah, I think right? so. I don't, I don't, people are now trying to talk like this is right around the corner, like human labor is going to be basically obsolete. I would slow your roll on that. Mm-hmm. Right? Someone was telling me, I don't know if this is true, I haven't verified this, but someone was telling me that even under very controlled settings, having trying to have robots do like skilled labor, right? Has not had any success. No, we're a long way off from like a robot plumber being able to come to the house. You talk to it and it fixes the thing like a human would. Yeah. We're a long way off from that. Will very, that happen? Gosh, if we don't blow up the planet, it'll happen eventually. Probably. Right. Cause we can conceptually imagine 
you know, all the technologies that would be required, visual recognition, voice recognition, very fine robotics, very fine problem solving skills, yeah. all the things that would do, it would take to create a robot plumber. We can, inva- we can envision them and we can project out from existing technologies the existence of all these technologies. They're not inconceivable, right? No. But it's not next year and it's not five years, right? It's a long, long, long way off. So until we create a robot that has the capacity to do what most human beings can do, right? Most human beings with sufficient training could be a plumber or a install drywall or be an HVAC person. Like most people or could do the job I do loading airplanes, right? Yeah. And, um, most human beings could be trained to do that. And a lot of times the limitation would be physical and not, not intellectual. Right. So, so we're not close yet to design, to being able to build a robot that could function as that human could function. Yeah. Which is why I always say like, you want to talk to me about AI, like just slow your roll a little bit. (laughs) Slow your roll. Let's have a, a little more grounded because, reality. Because the reason it. people are talking to you like this has to do, like I said, with money and ego. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not to do with what the actual technology is at this moment. No, definitely not. Right. So, so I, I you know, and that's, and, and that's why I, but I, I like this movie because it, it, it's, it's got these things on its mind. I've got these things on its mind. So I have, I have affinity for movies like this. I have sympathy for movies like this. I, I think that they're important part of this very deep, very difficult, this project that I think about a lot that I will never succeed at, that nobody ever succeeds at, which is to take the world as it exists and figure out how the fuck did we get here. Mm-hmm. There's so many tendrils to that problem. And it's way too much for any person to hold in their head at once. Yeah. Which is why the thing that you can do, the contribution you can make, which is the contribution this movie makes, is to look at something and to really try to see it. And uh, to look at this specific thing, like you know, you instinctively believe that this is important. And if we focus at it and we just try to tell the story as best as we can, we'll learn something. Uh, that is the project of, of storytellers. And I think this movie does an admirable job of it. And it I does. quite enjoyed it. And I think it's also just an entertaining and interesting movie with complex, well thought out characters. It has a sort of propulsive quality to it. it it's does. fun. I, I see, like I said, I usually don't like handheld stuff. It didn't bother me here. Um, your mileage may vary on that. Uh, yeah, I'm always the one saying, like, somebody, you know, give these guys enough money so they can buy a fucking tripod. <laughs> right. Like I, I've, I've made that commentary before, but for some reason it worked for me in this movie. Like I said, maybe it's just guy like the movie. Maybe that's the reason why. Sure. Maybe I'm willing to you accept the, more. Yeah. Because yeah, you I liked the it. tap, the, the, the delivery service because the subject matter, everything, all the pieces were kind of coming together anyway. And so it just was a creative choice. And I do, I do not necessarily fault the creative choice. I think it like handheld camera work and movies and such are encapsul encapsulates this kind of era, you know, 96 to 2008, a lot of it was happening. So I think it's a creative choice to kind of symbolizing, you know, the time yeah, yeah, in a little way, more, more, a more verite. That's another reason it's a good companion piece to social network. Cause it's, it's definitely more an attempt at kind of a cinema verite versus although both great soundtracks too i will say that i don't don't know anything about the people who did the music on this but i thought the as as with social network which that was trent reznor and uh atticus Atticus ross Ross, uh i don't know the people i didn't recognize them but uh very very um effective soundtrack well and and i agree with you it it has a propulsive energy it 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 does not waste time it's it's very lean in its uh narrative choices i think they make smart creative choices the characters are very well defined Uh, they're they're archetypal in some ways but very specific in how they react and contrast each other in this drama and it's in it it has this kind of greek tragedy yeah. inevitability to it that as you 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 know you know that the blackberry goes away so all of these these uh these fights all of these demands all of all of these disagreements are for not really in the end but they really matter in the kind of development and what you said it's like i don't know if anyone will understand the 
picture in totality. What we are looking at in the modern age is a jigsaw puzzle that is unsolvable in a lot of ways. Yeah, but, a lot of pieces missing, a lot of pieces from different puzzles. And But we can look at a, a, like an area of that puzzle. Yes. And I like that when you, when you shine it, you can get a clear image of this piece of the puzzle. And Blackberry is part of that piece. It's like Social Network. It's like Air. There, There's a lot of movie. I mean, Ingrid Goes West you brought up, and I think that that is looking at a problem of the modern age and trying to really understand its implications. And this one is part of our history, part of its development, and a part of like we when we think of technologies how quickly something comes and how quickly something goes in a matter of just a decade and what that what that does to the the men, the mentality of the market what it does into the mentality of the tech workplace this movie captures a lot of that anxiety and a lot of that excitement and a lot of that uh, the the problematics and it, it has an observation to that world that is uh, very clearly and uh, it, it's not necessarily a full indictment, but it is very much looking at the uh, at it honestly and all of its kind of gray morality. If this is what the world has to offer, how do the characters operate in it logically and to their own interests, to their own hubris, to their own fulfillment? And uh, it takes on those questions. Uh, quite directly and honestly, and uh, so BlackBerry does succeed in the, in that way. I, th- I think it's a very interesting movie. It's been one of the more interesting things I've seen this year, a hundred percent. Definitely, I, I really liked it. Obviously, I give it my full throated recommendation. So, what do we got next week? What are we, we going to? Well, say? next week we can either see Fast Ten, okay, which I'm I'm not necessarily for, okay. um, because Fast Ten I will never forgive it. It should have been called Fast Ten Your Seatbelts. Um, <laughs> there we go. Okay, so okay, okay. Be, you know it. Uh, no, no, no you, there was something else you wanted to see though. What was it? What was? What so, should we actually see? Paul Schrader has a new movie. Oh, that's right. Called Master Gardener with Joel Edgerton. Uh, I hear it's part of his like Lonely Man trilogy. So, uh, Card Counter and. Uh, first reformed have a lot to do with this i think it's a different subject matter um but then there's also a chamber piece about sexual manipulation that i think you would like because i know you like sex Uh, it's called sanctuary um and it's about a corporate guy who's moving up in the business but it's because he uh is getting the fuel in these like uh sexual encounters with a uh like a call girl that like humiliates oh yeah i've seen the trailer for this i've seen the trailer for this oh yeah this is yeah that's definitely we should definitely do that one uh so those two come out so if we can find time for both of them i think those would be interesting conversations good good uh good uh companion pieces right there. i agree and i i have zero interest in watching fast okay yeah well yeah we can scrap that (laughs) i'm fine i'm fine with that sanctuary and master gardener let's Let's do do it let's do it all right. Well, um, Ben Thalen, uh, Dead Reckoner's Substack. You can see his musings, his writings. Obviously, he thinks about th- uh, things in uh, a, in depth, and this is just part of that project. And I, I like doing this with you. Uh, well, of course, yeah. I love doing this with you, Kyle. Kyle, I know movies, and you don't. He's got movies. He's talking movies. He's movies. Yeah, he, mo- he is I'm, movies. I am. He's movies. becoming. He's he's now ten uh, percent uh, cellulite. <laughs> I'm just be uh, yeah. I'm running so at 24 right. frames a second uh, here. Right, that, that's just that's my right. Existence. That's right. That's right. It's nice. It's lovely. It's an illusion. It's I'm, I'm not a person. It's I'm warm. An it's warm and analog. It's not cold and digital. <laughs> well, yeah. We'll we'll get together and we'll uh, uh, hopefully, if you're listening, you'll join us next week for some. I th- I think very interesting conversations. Right on. Bye bye. Bye now. <laughs>